You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan 172, Tim David, we talk about feedback from you, the Expendables, EA, Chinese Takeout, what? And a new contest. Woohoo! Tech Fan 172. And it is uh, TechFan172. David, first of all, uh, last week I had to re-edit the show. I don't know if you actually had a chance to listen to it, but um, I was getting massive interference on your track here on the last TechFan podcast, so I had to well, I had to delete certain frequencies, and you kind of came across as Barry White in a closet. You know, I don't normally sound like that. <laughs> Not over the internet, no, just in person. I, I remember those Macworld Expos in the hotel. Hey, Tim, yeah. what are you doing over there? I'm like, David, get out of the closet. <laughs> Wait, they had a weird connotation, didn't it? <laughs> Many people have said that about me for some time. You know what? I, I'm actually going to make sure uh, I'm going to put a show note in here. So I remember, uh, tech fan uh, number 171. Out of the closet. <laughs> and that, folks, is how we get show names quite often. <laughs> yeah. Although, honestly, David, it's usually, uh, you know, we record this show, and up till now we didn't really use show notes, but we've been doing so the last couple episodes. And and we'll get to this <laughs> week's episode, show notes. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I always have to name the show afterwards, and it's always, always a struggle, but... There you go. There's this week's episode, Out of the Closet. Hey, wait, is this 170? No, this is 172. Yep. Yeah. You have to change the name on the file. Yes, I do. But then it's such a supremely good collaboration system <laughs> we use. So, so as we talked about two episodes ago, uh, we decided to share um, our notes for upcoming episodes, and David decided he didn't want to use Google Docs because Google's evil and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And that was my choice to use Google Docs, but he went and created an iCloud document. Yeah. So I said, fine, we'll, we'll use that, even though it's horrendous to use. It's, it's, oh, the, the web, web interface you know what? is it's not good. It's funny you say that. I, in, in, I created this document that, um, maybe, maybe you can put the document as our uh, graphic for this week so people can see it. I can't. Okay. I can't do anything with that document, remember? <laughs> okay. Oh well, well, yeah. Oh, you mean uh, the thing oh, I sent you? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, so I created this document in Pages, and I put our I put a, a lo- the logo of the Tech Fan Podcast website in there, and I put nice text and the title in big big letters, and I put lines to show each topic, and it kind of looked really nice. And I have learned from every time I try and edit that thing that actually Pages is a really sucky word processor. It's, it's maybe bad. maybe I have been spoiled by, or not spoiled, but corrupted by using Microsoft Word so much. Well, look, Microsoft Word I'm, has been around for 25, 30 years. I mean, it's got a pedigree. The people who make it know what they're doing. Yeah, but what I'm saying is maybe... They Pages from yeah, scratch, and there's maybe, major yeah. problems. Maybe I just come at it from a kind of doing it the way I would do it in Word, and when it doesn't work the same way in Pages, I struggle. Maybe that, maybe that's part of it. But certainly, 
you try and and word used to be like this you would try and do something to get it looking the way you want it to look and then you make a very slight change and the whole thing goes wrong mm-hmm. uh and or you yeah make one one change at the top and everything yeah. underneath it is just goes tits and, up and, it's terrible i think i think the problem is pages is trying to be midway between a word processor and the page layout program and it's actually not very good at either Mm-mm. um and I and agree. then you then you throw the web collaboration mm. version of that into it into the mix as well, and the fact it runs on the iPad and and it gets even worse. But I that aside, I thought, well, this is a nice solution, and I'm not going near evil Google. However, <laughs> what so, just happened to us? Yeah, so I I tell David, I said, did you look at the show notes? Because I well, okay, number one, I was the only one who put show notes in this week, which is seeming to become a trend. But beyond that, hey, no, <laughs> that's that's not fair. I did them last week? Yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, so, <laughs> so I said, okay. I put a lot of show notes in there. Uh, it's like We've got three email emails, right? It's, it's more vital than even normal this week, right? And Normally so, we can wing it, but this week we need the notes. <laughs> and I'm running. Uh, I'm recording today from home because I've taken the afternoon off. So normally I'm I'm in the office and I'm using uh, either a Windows machine or I'm using my MacBook Air. Um, today I'm running from home and I've got this Mac Mini here that because I'm lazy and don't spend a lot of time at home is kind of sat at my desk in the middle of a huge pile of rubbish and is still running Mountain Lion, which means it doesn't have, not only does it only have an old version of the OS, but all the latest um, Apple apps. And sure. Uh, the latest version of Pages doesn't run on it because it needs to run on on, uh, on Mavericks. So <laughs> I go to open up Pages, not realizing this. Uh, no warning, and, by the way, on your no, end no, that this no, is going to yeah, happen. I open up Pages. It doesn't tell me that, that I haven't got the latest version. Obviously, it wouldn't do that. I go to iCloud and I click on the document, the Shadow's document. On my end, it says, you can't read this. You don't have the latest version of Pages, which, okay, helpful. On your end, what was the helpful thing it did? It deleted, it deleted it right off the line. And it says, it's like this warning. This link doesn't seem to be working. Check the you link have, and try again. Did you, you actually had it open in your browser? Yes, I had it, it open in the <laughs> browser and it killed it. So basically, over three and a half thousand miles of internet, it nuked it. It nuked it. And there was no recovery. There's nothing yeah. I could do. I so, couldn't even say, okay, uh, let me see what's cached or anything. I couldn't scroll up beyond the warning thing. Nope, just gone. You don't see, get it no more. It's nice that Apple is on the bleeding edge. Oh my god! It's nice that Apple is always improving their software, but there is such a thing as the graceful fail. There is the you know fail safe. That's where the word comes from. Is to if something goes wrong, try not to do something damaging. I don't Pulling think the iCloud is ready for bleeding. Bro- <laughs> yeah, that's just unexcusable. It really is. And beyond that, to be honest, though, to be on that. It's an okay word processor and page layout program if you just need the very basics and you and you don't have a lot of, uh, you don't need any really advanced features, but collaboration, advanced features, it's just not there. It's just yeah. not. It's great for making flyers and posters and that sort of thing. It's really good at that. Much better than Word. Yep. The Word is better than it used to be, to be fair. Yep. But um, it's pretty good if you use their templates as a basis and you want to put images and videos and stuff into a document. It looks brilliant. And it's great that it's cross-platform with the iPad and everything. But, yeah, the collaboration is just where we just proved it doesn't work. No. Nope. doesn't work properly. No, there's no way that you should have been able to just attempt to open the document with an older version of the software and it nuked the one online. Yeah. Now the thing is, I could, 
I can still see it because it's in my iCloud account. So I've gone into the web version and I can still see the document. So probably when we kind of pull away from all of this, it'll probably come back. But that's a bad bug. That is a bit. Uh, it's, it's terrible. And, you know, we were laughing about it. But, you know, if this would have been something, an important document, and we're working on a time frame, that would have been a big, big problem. And for all people bitch about Office 365 and uh, Microsoft charging software, software as a service and, and all of that sort of thing, I can tell you, if you're using Word and OneDrive and the web version of Word and all that, that would not have happened. Well, because they, they have that down. Right. And so does Google, though, when it comes so to collaboration Google. online with documentation and documents. I, and, and I have to say, actually, um, I said last week that I didn't want to use Google anymore. I have come to the conclusion that Bing is not as good as Google. Um, I've been doing some stuff this week, and I couldn't find the stuff I wanted in Bing by searching through Bing. Put the same search terms into Google, and I found the stuff straight away. So, again... Um, you know, Google's got it. Google has got it there yet. I'm still kind of reluctant to get back into the Google ecosystem. So maybe I'm going to have to try and uh, find a way of using it without doing all the logon stuff all the time. But, um, you know, Google is Google is good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Their solutions are good. Their solutions are good, yeah. Right. What they do with them, maybe not so good. Well, as you know, David, uh, I also do the OWC podcast, and I've got some more information on that that I'll share here in a minute as well. But anybody who follows me on LinkedIn or Facebook already knows. <clears throat> that being said, I keep all my show notes for OWC Radio in a Google Doc. And I record this podcast and that podcast on my 15-inch MacBook Pro, which is literally sitting right next to me, uh, or right next to the 27-inch iMac that I use for everything else. Yeah. So really, this this laptop is about when I'm away from home, and probably more than that, when I'm doing this podcast, uh, it's quieter. Uh, it's plenty fast enough. It's it's a good machine. I actually really really like this MacBook Pro. And I had the 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 Google document for show notes open on both screens at the same time on my iMac and on my MacBook Pro. And I'm editing it on my iMac, and out of the corner of my eye, I can see it updating in real time on the MacBook. Or yeah, on the MacBook Pro, I'm editing on the iMac. I can see it changing immediately as I'm typing on the MacBook Pro. Yeah, that was pretty cool to actually watch it in action when it's you doing it on both of them. Yeah, and that, I, I that's all great. That. I, you know, I do appreciate the quality. The, the 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 problem I have with Google Docs is you can't. There's no way of using it without having to log into it, which means that Google is getting to associate the information in your documents with you and then use it for their advertising. And I'm really uncomfortable with that. Yep, me too. So we'll have to um, – maybe, we'll, maybe we'll try Evernote or something. We'll do know. something. Yeah. Uh, let's get on with the show. <laughs> yeah, after all that. After all that. Uh, I guess I'll do the, my update now. Uh, OWC yeah. Radio is continuing. Uh, more than continuing, it's going to be moving to a weekly show uh, within the next week or so. How can you possibly afford to do that, Tim? I know. It's, uh, look, in all uh, transparency, um, I was doing OWC Radio, and I was paid to do so. I, I contracted with Otherworld Computing to do OWC Radio, and it's been going pretty well. We've released eight episodes so far. Uh, the last one we did with Larry. Um I had wanted to do more with the show. I actually wanted to get more people involved, not just from OWC, but the customer base that they have, because they have a very loyal customer base. I mean, it's a bunch of Mac users, so of course they're going to be very loyal. 
uh, because OWC has some great products. And so um, they changed a couple key roles in the company. Um, and the new people I was working with there understood exactly what I wanted to do. Extremely helpful. I really like working with them, collaborating. And so we made a blog post that says OWC Radio wants you. And the blog post is really about the people who have bought products from OWC, what these solutions were, and how they, you know, how they work with you and your workflow. And who are you as a customer? We used to do something very similar way back in the MyMac podcast days. Uh, you probably remember it was called the, yeah. the Listener Invite. Yeah. Where we would invite listeners into the show. In fact, I think that's might have been how you initially, well, maybe not. I don't remember. But we actually got a couple people involved with the MyMac podcast and became writers of the site because of the reader, or I keep saying reader, the, the listener invites. And I yeah. really liked it. It started off as we'd have a contest, we'd get their phone numbers, and Chad and I would actually call them on the show. And that was fun. That was a lot of, mm -hmm. I, I love doing that. And I like talking to people who aren't necessarily used to podcasting. They're not podcasters themselves, or they're not uh, an internet writer or a magazine writer. Uh, just regular, normal, like you and me people. Now, we podcast, and I've been doing it for a decade now. You're coming up on, what, seven years podcasting? Yep. So we've been doing it for a long time, but I don't consider myself that thing. I'm just a guy. Yeah. And I like talking to people I don't know, learn what they're doing. So we started doing that. I put this blog post out there. I've already done three interviews. I've got a fourth one lined up. Um, he got sick, so he couldn't do it yesterday. One was a lawyer. Uh, let's see. One was uh, like in video productions, and one was a developer, and the next one's a musician. So cool. it's a really kind of a, a big spread of different professions and how they're using OWC products. But more than that, I want to get to know them as people. So I thought this would be a fun way to do it. So we were looking at expanding OWC. At the same time, I've been interviewing with a few a few different companies because, as I've mentioned here, I stopped working at Mac Specialist in December. And unfortunately, last month, Mac Specialist actually went out of business, Dave. And I don't know if I mentioned that here on the show. You did, yeah. Yeah, they, they closed shop for good, which... It's kind of sad to see. I mean, I put a lot of time and effort. I rebranded the whole company. And anyways, that's neither here nor there. As you know, the last two weeks have been crazy for me. I interviewed with one company in Detroit, which would have meant going to um, Europe, basically. Yeah, Bucharest, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Bucharest. Yeah, Rom Romania. Romania. Uh, to train for like a week and a half, two weeks. Which actually sounded kind of exciting. I was like, well, okay, I'll do that. Why not? See part of the world. You know what? I, I mentioned this to a friend of mine. I said, guy from uh, Bat Battle Creek doesn't doesn't get out doesn't get out of the America that often. Going to Romania that would have been a culture shock. Nah, I'm pretty good about stuff like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Trust me, Romania is a it's um, a unique experience, a good experience, <laughs> but unique. Well, I would have yeah. looked forward to it. So that interview yeah. went real well. It looked like they were going to offer me that position. Um, and then two different Apple specialists. Uh, I had offers from both of them. And OWC came in at the last minute. We started talking. And I told you about it before uh, the last episode. that we were Actually, the, after the last episode we recorded. And all said and done, I'm actually going to take a position with Otherworld Computing. So I'm going to be an employee. And that allows me to do the show weekly. So 
I'm going to officially be working for Other World Computing. Now, that's not going to change anything here on the TechFan podcast. It's not going to change anything at MyMac.com or the Stoplight Network. All the stuff that I do on the side, I'm still going to be doing. But kind of like when I was at the Apple Specialist, David, where I wouldn't really um, criticize Apple too much because they were our biggest partner. Yeah. And I said that right here on the show when uh, the first episode. The same thing would be true with OWC. I'm not, I mean, my job is to promote OWC when I'm working. So I can't come on this show and go, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't yeah. do that. So full disclosure, I'm going to be an OWC employee. It's not going to change what we do here on the podcast. Um, but honestly, I don't think we've ever said anything bad about OWC on this show. No, I had any reason to. No. So. so that's what's going on with me. So that's the update there. Excellent. Well, you know, I'm glad that um, I'm glad things have worked out for you. It's kind of weird that you've been out of work for a while and then all of a sudden you get all these offers all at once. But I guess that's just life sometimes. It is. And, I, you know, Julie was stressed. I was stressed. And I told her, I said, this always happens. And, you, you know, yeah. the funny thing is, usually I'll take a job that I never applied for. They just kind yeah. of come as opportunities. And that's what I try to tell people. You could apply for a thousand jobs online, but the one you're going to get is a job that you probably didn't apply for or was never listed online. It's all who you know and what you've done before, and that's why you don't burn bridges. You know, people will quit companies and they'll jump online and they'll talk dirt about them, and you know they'll, they'll post on Facebook what a crappy company it was, and oh, two years later you're out <laughs> of work, and boy, it sure would have been nice not to burn that bridges because they're actually hiring. Or even, old wor- position. even worse, if you're working in the same industry and somebody you ch- kind of trashed is there interviewing you at a different different company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you don't just don't burn bridges. I mean, yeah. look, if, if someone you know shot your your spouse or something, sure, go ahead. <laughs> you know, you can burn that bridge. But in the workplace, unless you were it was so egregious. Don't burn bridges. Well, even if it was, yeah. What's I agree. the point? You know, you, Just you get, move on. You, yeah, you get a, a couple of moments of satisfaction when you think, oh, I really stuck it to them. But um, that's a very short lived thing. It, you know, normally it's, you normally find you, you feel better in the long run anyway if you hold your tongue because yep. then at least you've got the, the higher moral ground. Yep. You know, and sometimes, just occasionally, the guy who had a go at you was right. <laughs> you realize that later as well. And then you yep. feel like it's all. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I've seen that before too. So I, I've never really burned any bridges behind me. Um, well, the company I work for now, I left. Yeah. And I came back after two and a half years. Yeah, there you go. So uh, if I'd have left and, got, and told them everything I thought of them as I was going out the door, then I wouldn't have been able to come back. And I was glad I was able to do that. Yep. Yeah. Things change. We change. And uh, like I said, you know, I, the Mac Specialist ending wasn't a very good one. I wasn't really happy about some things. I was proven right. I mean, the company went out of business without me there. I'm not saying that's the reason they went out of business, but they didn't go out of business when I was there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, the people that they had working in that company were fantastic people. I hired half of them, you know. Yeah. And I'm not going to badmouth that company, even though they're not a company anymore. Yeah. You know, I, you never know who you're going to see later in life. So try to be a nice person and it'll come back to you. That's really the point of everything, isn't it? I I I like to think so. Yeah. yeah. So um, we do have a contest this week, David. 
Another one? Another contest. Wow. I enjoyed the last one, so I thought, let's do it another one. Yeah. And so you remember last week I was actually talking about uh, Photo Magico. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be really cool. My kids would probably enjoy playing with it, uh, putting together slideshows with music and different transitions. And they do. They they Especially Brooke, she really, really digs it. And uh, watching some of the stuff she's been doing with it made me kind of want to start messing with it on my own. And so I started thinking about you know, maybe we can have another con- contest and one that we do here on this podcast and the MyMac podcast as well, because I thought that was fun, a little bit of collaboration between the two sister shows. And what do we, should they be called sister shows? Should they be called brother shows? I mean, it's all a bunch of guys doing it. Nobody uh, ever says, oh, that's our sister show. They always uh, say, uh, comes, I mean, they, that's what they say. They don't say it's my brother show. Yeah, I, I guess it comes from the naval thing. The nautical they always thing, talk, yeah. yeah. they always talk ships ships as females, so... Yeah, yeah. so know. we'll stick with it. Our sister show, My Mac Podcast, which we were both on, <laughs> yeah. uh, they're having the same contest, so this doubles your chance of being a winner of this contest. The contest is for Photomagico from Boink Software. All you have to do is send an email to contest at mymac.com, contest at mymac.com. Um, put Photo Magico or Boinks or whatever you want in the subject line just to draw it to my attention that this is a contest entry. And make sure you put in the body of the message which show you're entering it for. So it's either TechFan or MyMac. So contest at mymac.com, Photo Magico, and then what show you heard it on. And we will forward the two winners over to them, uh, Boink Software, and they will send you a code to download, and uh, you get a free copy of it. It's a $100 program, so it's definitely worth entering. It's good software, too, i, I got to say. Cool. Uh, I really like it. And Boink Software, you know, I've met the uh, CEO of Boinks, the guy who started the company at Macworld Expo a few times. Uh, really good guy. They make really good software. So I don't want to give away junk here. You know what I mean, David? No. Uh, certainly, certainly, we want to we want to give away things that we think are uh, are worth having. Absolutely. So yeah. Um, let me pull up my calendar because, <laughs> and remember the last time I gave the wrong date, which was kind <laughs> of embarrassing. Uh, oh, I hate when I'm trying to pull up a calendar in my computer and I type in the wrong thing. So today being August first, this contest. Why is it still showing June or July? Uh, the 14th. So you have until August 14th to send in your contest entry. How's that? Excellent. So this episode and next episode, um, we'll be promoting the contest and then the episode after that. So that would be show 174. We'll actually announce who wins. Cool. So there's that. Enter, enter, enter. Prizes, prizes, prizes. <laughs> Speaking of uh, contest, David, yeah. we got some feedback on the last episode because uh, we picked our two winners, and one of our winners was Simon. Do you want to read the feedback from him? Sure. I I, I do. He, he emailed back to us, Tim, wow, amazing, as I didn't even think I even entered. <laughs> I'm not much of a gamer, never used Steam, and actually don't have much use for it. So... To be fair on someone who did enter and would actually like to play this game, I would like to politely decline and ask you to draw it again or whatever. So it goes to someone who would really appreciate and use it. Thanks for letting me know, and I really am made up to have won, but I won't use it, so best let everyone who didn't win have a second chance at it, mate. 
a smiley, big smiley face. Now, I'm presuming from his terminology there that he's actually English. So, um, I was possibly, thinking Hawaiian, but okay. Well, when when somebody says made up, that is a kind of a that's yes. a north northwest English thing, possibly Liverpool. So I'm I'm just guessing there if I'm wrong, or um, perhaps he just has adopted that from watching uh, soaps or something like that. Then Doctor I apologise, Simon. But you know what, Simon? I think that was a very generous and absolutely and, uh, that's awesome generous gesture. because uh, because he could have just kept it and either done nothing with it or given it somebody new or something like that to actually yeah, throw it back into the pot uh, is is great and uh, I don't know what that he didn't think he entered kind of thing is about <laughs> I, what happened was he had sent an email uh, right. and I think his might have been like the first email that said you said the wrong date and uh, so I put it in the folder with the contest entries because I just assumed Oh well, he's entering the contest, but he's telling me that I, you know, I, I put the wrong date on there, and he was uh, right. Let's see. And so that's how when I ran the Apple script thing, that his name was drawn. Cool. Okay. So the winner now <laughs> is yeah. Joe Brooks, and he Joe writes. Brooks. Wow, super cool. Thanks, Tim. Love the show. Keep up the great work. I think the format with you and David is great. You really complement each other. Good job, David. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, and you. Thank you. I. I've been tinkering with trying to design my own games and apps using free tools like Blender for modeling and Unity for game coding stroke engine. Might want to consider touching upon this great free software on the show. There are plenty of YouTube videos to train folks on how to use them. I actually looked this up a little bit. I I had read a few things uh, about Unity before, but this is actually kind of interesting, David. Do you know anything about it? I know a little bit. You know about as much as I do then. Yeah. (laughs) I know it's a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I I talked to a developer for the an upcoming OWC podcast, and as I said on that show, I'm not a developer, but I always have good ideas. In fact, I've shared a few with you, David. I just don't yeah. have those skills. So if something like this could actually help me learn to program and and do some of the heavy lifting, I'm all for it. So this is something that I am going to definitely look to in the future to to play with a little bit. I don't have time right now, starting the new job and yeah. everything else that's going on. Um, but it's something that I'm definitely going to be looking at. I must admit, I while I knew Unity was a game engine and I've admired uh, many of the games that use it, I had no idea it was free. I kind of thought it was something that was licensed and you had to pay for. So um, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So here's the next one. Let me um, Let me set this one up a little bit. Because I actually pasted in the wrong email. <laughs> okay. Our other winner was uh, Rob Hansen, as you remember from last episode. Yeah. And uh, he thanked us for the episode. And then he talked about a little bit about podcasting himself. And this is kind of my way to push Rob into doing it. Because if it's just an email between you and I, Rob, yeah, you could kind of forget about it over time. But if I publicly say something about it, now you're under pressure. Now you're, you're well, maybe not pressure is a good word. Now you're inspired to go ahead and do this. So Rob's idea was to actually maybe do a podcast on the pie. The raspberry pie. That's right. Now, I think this is a cracking idea. I do, too, because this is a, a little device that is really starting to gain popularity. And when you really stop and look at it, it's such a simple little thing, but... What you could really do with it is quite amazing. I've actually looked at the Raspberry Pi as something to build uh, like a MAME cabinet around, a desktop one, not a yeah. full cabinet, something like that. 
And I know people who have done it before, so I don't have to, you know, learn programming and all that myself. Most of the tools that I need software-wise to connect with the Pi to run the emulation already exists. But this is yep. something I've looked at. Do you do you want to explain what the Raspberry Pi is? So, so yeah, this is... Um this actually came. This is a British product. Uh, fly the fly the British flag for a minute. Uh, and just reading through uh, some of Rob's email here, I can see from again from some of the terms he uses that he's a British guy as well. So uh, yay, go Britain! <laughs> um, we had a project in the 1980s um, called the BBC Micro, and the BBC Micro was effectively the British version, the British equivalent of the Apple II. Um, it was kind of similar sort of machine in power and specification. Um, and it was done because the name suggests it was done by the BBC or in collaboration with the BBC and uh, a company called Acorn Computers who went up, went on to become RISC computers who make um, and make the ARM chips. And then they're now Acorn RISC machines is where ARM comes from. So they're still around and they are now populating our iPhones and that sort of thing. So they're kind of pioneers in the uh in the computing industry and they had uh yeah they had this this bbc micro and it was like it was kind of official machine and everybody bought them and they were also very popular in schools because they were supported by the bbc mm-hmm. so there was a big movement and many of the big players in the games industry nowadays cut their teeth on those early 8-bit micros in the UK. And the fact the BBC Micro was around and then there was a couple of others like the Sinclair Spectrum and everything, a lot of those guys who now are big cheeses in in, in games like Nintendo, uh, in places like Nintendo and in Sony and that sort of thing, really started in the British computer industry. So... What the Raspberry Pi guys did is they said, look, we used to have this computing platform that was common and everybody had it uh, and it really stimulated computing. Oh, and by the way, in schools, kids learn to program. Wouldn't it be great if we could do that again? And yeah, they kind I've of been look- saying that for a while. Yeah. That, that's, that needs to be, at least here in the United States, yeah. there, there's just... They, they do it in college, but you you got to get to them before that. you got to get to kids... Yeah. In fifth grade and up, and offer that, very basic computer skills in programming, not just, here's how you click a mouse. Because, honestly, once a kid gets to kindergarten, they they know how to use a mouse. They already know how to yeah, use an iPad exactly, and all that yeah. stuff. And, and also, the problem they recognize is that stuff you buy nowadays, while it's powerful, is, it, is often fairly expensive. Yep. And also, there's a lot of it put together for you. Yep. The, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a package. And they were kind of saying, well, the good thing about programming is that actually you don't have to just use the tools that the developer or the manufacturer gave you but in fact you can learn to do your own things as well so they come up with the idea of a raspberry pi which when they when they came out with it i don't think anybody thought they would pull it off the idea was a very very cheap computer on a board about the size of a credit card that would have the minimum stuff you need it would run off um uh, a flash memory card it would have uh, a processor on a chip it would have the 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 basics a couple of usb ports uh and um video out and and that was basically it and they built this thing it's dirt cheap and yet despite the cost i mean obviously it runs rings around those old 8-bit computers but actually it's um, it's turned out to be once people put some ingenuity into it an extremely capable little thing and yeah it is i think here they're about 25 pounds so about 35 35 bucks here yeah that's right and that's just for the board but you know what you buy that you stick a flash card in it 
plug in a USB keyboard and mouse and uh, something into your HDMI port, and you have a full computer. Yep. Right there and then, running Linux, uh, and off you go. And people are doing all sorts of stuff with it. And they're great because it's small and it's cheap. You can build these little projects. You can build a main cabinet. I've seen one guy who got it. You can buy these little kind of four-inch touchscreens for it now, uh, again, for not very much money. And I've seen one guy who's turned it, in, turned it using an emulator into a tiny little um, original Mac. Yep. You know, kind of a Mac Plus. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's the, the possibilities <laughs> really are endless. Which... I know people, uh, yeah, lots, lots of people plug um, hard drives into it and then basically use it as a media as a media controller. Yep. So they, they kind of stream their stuff. And the thing is, because they're cheap, you can buy three or four of them mm-hmm. and do them for different things. And if you break one, <laughs> well, you it's know, you can see... It's not a big deal. You go out and get another one. Yeah. They've just launched an, uh, an improved model. So the point is, this is kind of almost like the ultimate hobbyist computer. Yeah, it reminds yeah. me of the Radio Shack days back in the 80s. Yeah. You know, where you just, you buy these little kits and you put stuff together and you can add stuff to it. And there was a sense of creation that and ownership yeah. of what you're making. And I think that's really, really lacking now. You said when people buy a computer now, David, it's just that's what it is. It's you buy the box, you plug it in, and that's as far as it goes. As well, far it's, as it's the hardware, it's, it's like that's buying exactly it's, right. It's like buying a DVD player or, or or something like that. You know, you're not expected to. You're expected to do kind of what the manufacturer expects you to do with it. Whereas with the Raspberry Pi, it's it's what can you do with it? Yep. And the advantage is because. It's been. I mean, it, this thing was oversubscribed right from the start. A lot of people really saw the um, capability of yep. it. I've got one. I, I hardly ever use it, but I do own one because why not? It was twenty quid. Yep. You know, it's something that um, I've been looking at when my kids got a little bit older and they're getting to that point now. And I know that they're interested in stuff like this because I brought my old G G five tower up once because Brooke was kind of getting this technically inclined thing going. And mm-hmm. I had her take it apart and put it back together, and she loved yeah. it. She loved doing so, that. Now imagine yeah. doing the same thing, and you can hook it up to a monitor, and you can do stuff with it. She would be over the wall. But the advantage as well is that because there's such a big hobbyist interest, if you if you have no interest in programming for it or anything, you can go and get stuff mm-hmm. that people do off the shelf and still do cool things and there's with a, it. There's a pretty big community of users and enthusiasts that's surrounding the Raspberry Pi. So... So, it, so which makes back, it ripe, yeah, right. absolutely ripe for a good podcast to talk yep. about capabilities and to talk <laughs> and about. I, I think, like the fact that he hasn't bought one himself yet. He doesn't have one, and he's looking at it. So, literally, this would be a podcast that starts from ground zero, yeah, and and, and goes from there. And this is what he wrote. Um, and I told him I think it's a it's a great idea because I got it immediately. I was like, oh, that would be brilliant. And he says, uh, and I told him about my MAME idea. He said, thanks, Tim. I envisioned the first few episodes to be quite broad-ranging so as not to limit the audience. Plus, although I have experience in computing, first machine was a Sinclair ZX81, which again goes yep. to your British thing. Yep. Um, but that I've was never, my first one yeah. as well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've never owned a Pi, so I'm hoping my experience, and no doubt mistakes, will help someone follow a similar path. I have a little podcasting experience, too, all but a few years ago. I was on a few episodes of the International Mac Podcast, good podcast, AMP, and was also a guest once on Allison Sheridan's Nocillacast. Uh, I used to have a website where I documented my experiences switching from Windows to Mac, hence the inspiration for the Raspberry Pi version. I may take you up on your offer of help, too, as I'm sure I'll need some. 
And, and if you do, do build a mini MAME cabinet, that would pro, uh, provide an episode worth of content. I'd, ha I'd be happy to come on the show. You just starting the show will inspire me to actually go out and, and try to build this, to be honest with you. Um, so, Rob, this is an, a public open invitation. Create this podcast. I think there's a need for it. I think there's a, a desire for people. We will obviously promote it here on TechFan, as well as all the other shows in the Stoplight Network. And I'd be happy to come on the show once I uh, buy one of myself. And I'd even come on a few episodes when I first buy one and start tinkering with it. And then come back and let you know exactly what I did with it. Probably with my kids' help, because it's kind of the project that I would like to get kids involved with. And heaven forbid, as we've been saying, David, we get kids more invested on the other side of computing, not just playing Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. Though, so, I have to say, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you say that, but Minecraft, I think, in terms of a creative mm -hmm. computing game, is pretty... Is, it, I'd rather I'd rather my kids be playing that than some of the other games they play. That's, that's another subject that actually came yeah. up on that uh, future episode of OWC Radio with, with the programmer. And yeah. I mentioned... And he said it's it's... In some respects, Minecraft is kind of a precursor to programming because things work logically and you have to do this yeah. and this and you have to build a foundation. And it was very interesting. So let's take our uh, break here, David. And when we come back, we've got, well, a couple of uh, weird subjects. Well, not weird, but uh, topical. Let's put it that way. We'll be right back. Are you into video games? Well, check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. There's Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam. Whether you love Mario, love Halo, love Crash Bandicoot, or just love some good old-fashioned PC gaming, make sure to check out one of the many club podcasts here on the Stoplight Network. These shows are weekly shows where we'll catch up on what we're playing, what uh, news stories are on that platform this week, and much, much more, all revolving around the wonderful world of video games. So check out Club Nintendo, Club PlayStation, Club Xbox, and Club Steam right here on the Stoplight Network. Back here, Tech Fan Podcast number 172. I'm Tim Robertson. He's David Cohen. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we just read three emails concerning a contest, but we'd like to hear your ideas, your thoughts, your opinions on anything we've talked about on this or any other episode. Easiest way to do that is to send us an email, tim at techfanpodcast.com. I got a little gas right there, David. Sorry. Or David, <laughs> David at techfanpodcast.com. I shouldn't have, uh, well, it doesn't matter now. <laughs> uh, Another way is to go to techfanpodcast.com and simply leave feedback on the website, and we will read it as long as it's, you know, appropriate right here on TechFan. But we really, really do uh, would love to hear feedback from you. And if you do have a few minutes, go up to iTunes and leave us a review of the show there. Good, bad, or indifferent, uh, it does help. It pushes us up higher in the search results when more people are leaving re uh, reviews. And uh, we would very much appreciate it right oh certainly and even if you trash us we'll still appreciate it <laughs> mm -hmm. absolutely so not as much to be fair but at least they listen right yeah absolutely although one of the our things uh, reviews up on itunes talks about i was really enjoying the show and then they changed and, and these three the three geeky ladies came on to take over the show and now i unsubscribed 
And I was like, yeah, that was one episode. We do that in the Stoplight Network every October. It's kind of like putting on a Halloween costume. Everyone does somebody else's show for one week. Uh, is it, it, what you love about the internet is everyone has to react immediately to everything, don't they? They can't just kind of let it boil along for a bit and see how it goes. It's, no, I must make my stand now. Yeah. It, uh, you know. Every now and then I'll go up there to see if there's been any new uh, reviews or anything, and I always see that one, and it just it just cracks me up. Really are you going to mention, while we're talking about listeners, what happened to you last week after you recorded the show? I, you're going to have to remind me because I'm drawing a blank. Chinese. Still drawing a blank. Takeaway in the car. Oh, gosh, yeah. I forgot about... <laughs> you know, and I forgot... To, I, <laughs> the only reason I remember to even tell my wife is I finally plugged my iPhone into the Mac to sync it, and it pulled that video over. So, yeah, this yeah. was, what, last Friday? Was <laughs> yeah, it, last, it was. Yeah, yeah it was. So, it was a Friday evening here, so it was only a couple of hours after we'd done the show. Yeah, so it was a couple hours after we'd actually recorded that last week's episode 171 huh? i'm driving to uh the local chinese place to get some food i love chinese food i well i love the american chinese food there is a difference between actual chinese food and what we call chinese food here in the united states but i love it so i was going to get beef lo mein um chicken fried rice and crab ragoon that's my thing my my wife always wants the spring roll so i'm going to the restaurant I'm at a stoplight, and I'm literally not even, well, a half a mile from my house at the stoplight. And it's a nice warm day. I've got the windows down, and I hear David's voice. <laughs> and I look over at my phone, and it's not on. So I thought maybe, you know, it was playing an older episode of Tech yeah. Sometimes when you plug your iPhone in, it just starts just, playing stuff automatically, yeah. right? Yeah. No rhyme and reason to it sometimes. Sometimes it plays music. Sometimes downcasts will start playing. It's weird. I I always make sure my radio is down before I plug in my iPhone. Yeah. Otherwise, sometimes it really ticks my wife off. The music just yeah. blasts or a podcast blasts. So I hear David's voice. I look at my iPhone. It's not on. In fact, it's not even plugged into the car stereo. It's just sitting there on the dash in the little cradle. And uh, I look around, and there's a car next to me, some guy in it. I don't know this guy. His windows are down, and he's listening to Tech Fan, and I can hear David. And it's it's an episode from maybe I don't know. It's an older one. I know that because I know the stuff that we've talked about recently. Yeah. And this wasn't a recent episode, so it was probably a couple months old at least. And that's when the light turned green, and I had to go. He was actually turning left. I was going straight. Okay. But as I pull away, I'm thinking, okay, I don't know this person. Number one. Uh, I don't ever really promote in the show notes or anything that I'm in Battle Creek. So you would never find the show if you yeah. look for Battle Creek. You would never find it. <laughs> but here's a guy at a stoplight listening to a show. And the guy who actually produces the show is sitting right next to him. And he has <laughs> no idea. But you know what? In a few weeks, he will. Yeah. And I'd like to say she's... Well, uh... no. Listen to how old the episode was. <laughs> it's going to be like four months from now. Well, whenever and he'll it be is... like, I wonder if that was me. Yeah, I well, I, whenever it is, I say first of all, sir, I salute you. Yeah, for giving for giving Tim a what the hell moment. Yeah, oh, it was. <laughs> that, too. That's point one. And I told and David, when, by the way, because yeah. I I sent David a video on my iPhone. And you know what? My wife is uh, she's she understands that I enjoy doing this, and uh, I she she understands what it is because she's you know she's fairly technical herself, but it's not really her thing. Uh, and certainly, I you know I get a lot of flack occasionally from when it when it impacts our family life, or I say I've got to do the show this that and the other. You know what? I told her, and she said, 
That is so cool. And yeah. you know what? That's the second thing I salute you for, sir. The fact that you got a... That is so cool that my wife means that you are now my hero. I'm looking forward in about four months' time to hearing from you, sir. Yeah. Please get in touch. Uh, that was... Uh, it, it, it blew my mind. You know, it's not the first time that I was uh, recognized by something like that, but it was one of the coolest ones. It really was. The first time I ever got recognized was I was a long way from home. Um was it a funeral? I don't remember. I had to drive my, my mom and dad down to Ohio for something. And, uh, you know, I'm a smoker. And cigarettes in Ohio, at the time anyways, was much cheaper here than in Michigan. So I wanted to stop and get a couple cartons of cigarettes and save a lot of money. And I stopped at this little store in the middle of nowhere off the highway. And I asked the guy, can I write a check? And at the time, it was a business check. It was My Mac Productions. Mm-hmm. And he says, a personal check? Or I said, well, it's a business check. And he says, uh, it should be okay. Let me see. So I hand him the check, and he reads it, and he looks at me, and he reads it, and he goes, My Mac. He goes, do you do the podcast? And that <laughs> just blew me away. I was just like, yeah. what? And I was like, yeah. And so I was in the store for like 20 minutes talking to this guy and you know, about my cigarettes. I come back out, my parents are like, what took you so long? I'm like, you... I tried to explain it to him, but I just, you know. Do you think you ever cashed the check, or is it still on his wall? <laughs> <laughs> no, the money came out of my account. So, all right. Um, but that was that was the first time that's ever really happened to me. Um, yeah. But this one was very special because I could hear it playing, and it just—I I didn't talk to the guy. I could barely even see who he looked, what he looked like before I had to pull away. But yeah. it was just—I'm not expecting to hear your voice sitting in traffic. <laughs> no, no. You know, it just really kind of blew me away. Um, Let's talk about some other things here, David. Sure. And by the way, thanks for reminding me of that because you're saying Chinese. And I'm like, what? <laughs> the invasion? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I, when we get done recording this show, it's going to be a little bit afternoon here. Mm-hmm. And at 145, I'm taking uh, my youngest kids to go see a movie. We're going to go see the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Speaking of movies, though, there's a movie coming out August 15th that I really wanted to see. Or I really want to see, I should say. Uh, but I figured I'm not going to go see see it in a movie theater. The first two of this movie, uh, first two parts of this movie, I guess you say. There's three parts now. Um, I never went to the movie theater, even though it's a big blockbuster, big explosions type of movie. Eh, I'm not a big... I'd rather do it at home watching it where I can pause it and use the bathroom and not miss anything that sort of thing most movies I watch I watch from home I don't go to the theater very often Guardians of the Galaxy is a special case kids really want to go any of the superhero stuff I usually go to the movie theater with either the kids or if it's more adult fare and I want to watch it before the kids watch it I'll go with like Chad Perry my wife hates going to the movies she freezes so she never comes and I saw online uh, a news thing that The Expendables 3, which is due August 15th in theaters, a DVD quality of this movie has already been pirated. And I was a little dubious about this, so I went onto a torrent site. I found it. I downloaded it purely for uh, journalistic reasons. Yeah. I hit play, and I scrubbed through it a little bit. It is the entire movie. The quality is fantastic. It's not even in the theaters yet. Now, this isn't the first time this has happened. This happened to Wolverine Origins too. What five years ago or so? Yeah, and but also that one wasn't 
the, even the a, special effects weren't done on that movie yet. But this is a complete DVD quality. Well, yeah. You, you, so, what, so basically what happens is that sometimes screeners, they call these screeners. So these are copies of the movie that have been put to DVD for circulation for promotional purposes. They're often um, perhaps sent out to movie reviewers who don't go to the cinemas to review movies, but actually just stay at home. Yep. I mean, obviously, you know, somebody like Roger Ebert in the last half of his life didn't go out to the movie theaters to watch movies. He had to watch them at home because mm-hmm. he was disabled. Um, Sometimes, I mean, you often see a lot. Agencies will get a copy. Yeah, because, some, hey, does some, McDonald's really want to make toys for this movie? Let's we got to see exactly. Some sometimes they'll. Um, uh, I mean, you see a lot of this around Oscar season because yep. anything that's up that's up for consideration for an Oscar, those screens will be around, and they tend to get find their way onto torrent sites fairly quickly. Yep. Um, so this this does sort of happen. The problem is the movie shoes are pretty good at locking this down. And I believe that they now have uh, some copy, some technology where they actually embed something into the audio of the uh, of the movie, so that um, when this happens, they can download a copy, run the audio through a filter, and even though this is something that you can't hear, they can get they can find a watermark that actually tells them which which whose whose copy that was that got leaked. So they'll be coming down on this fairly hard. But you know what? It's tough for the movie because. Um, by the time you get to the third version of a of a movie like The Expendables, you would imagine that the uh, ticket sales might be on a slide, uh, and to to have it leak like this is that's not going to help it at all. Mm-mm. I do wonder though. And by the way, I can hear the rain. It sounds like it's raining pretty hard there. Right it now. is starting to, yeah. I I do wonder how many of these people who downloaded and watched the movie, and I didn't watch the whole thing myself. I'm I do want to watch the movie, but I feel really guilty watching a pirated copy i i would rather come out on itunes and buy it there yeah you know it's that's just me um although if there if it's a if it's a video of something that i can't find online to buy then i have no problem torrenting something to be honest with you yeah anyway Uh, and yeah and and we've talked before about how I don't, I don't, I don't feel too uncomfortable about torrenting TV shows because that allows me to watch them in a way that I wouldn't be able to watch at home. Yep, that um, too. You know, so those are that's material that's already available to me. I'm just effectively format shifting it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I would not feel comfortable no. taking a pre-run movie and downloading it and sticking I, it. On I the actually TV deleted one. it because I felt really guilty about it, and I also felt that I'm going to be the more commercials and trailers I see for the movie, I'm going to go. Ah, eh, you know what? I got it. I just I'll watch it here, and then I'll never buy it. Yeah, and that truly is stealing it at that point because yeah. I was going to buy it or at the very least rent it. Um, but I do I do wonder how many of these people that are downloading and torrenting this file would have gone to the movie and watched it anyways. You I see, would say not is, a lot. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of my feeling as well. I think that a lot of the people who who into torrenting movies kind of do it on a collection basis. And I, they I, never go to the movies anyways. They yeah, just don't I, because this I knew, is how they yeah. watch them. I knew a guy who, um, in back in the early days of, of the Pirate Bay, he would torrent pretty much everything that was released on there, and he had them, and then he'd burn them to DVD or CD, and he'd have them all on a shelf in his kitchen. And I used to say to him, "I said, well, well, do you ever watch these? Oh, no, not really." And he, yet he was consistently doing it, and he wasn't ever watching those. And yeah, he never went to the movie theater either. Yeah. I, I mean, here's I, the thing: if, if I was going to start getting into something like that, which I would be a nervous about getting caught, but 
probably more important, by the time I actually got around to watching it, I could probably watch it on HBO at that point anyways. Exactly. I mean, yeah. It's not going to cost I mean, me anything, I, I, and it'll look much better. I will, uh, I'm heading out to San Francisco in a couple of weeks for VMworld, mm-hmm. uh, as I go every year. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the flight because I'll be able to catch up on some of the movies from earlier on the summer that will be available on the uh, aircraft entertainment system. Let me pull this uh, up because uh, – go ahead, keep going. i, I got to look for this app. because. So I, I, I was just me. saying that, you know, a, lo- a lot of movies that are fairly – recent release or appear in the movie in the uh, entertainment systems of they all have these video on demand kind of deals now and you get a screen that's not million miles away from an iPad mini size Um, most of the time they're fairly good quality so that's a fairly good way to watch a movie if it's a movie where you haven't seen it and it was one of those movies where you kind of were on the fence about going to see it in the theater or perhaps said to yourself, oh, I'm going to rent that one when it comes out. I'm not going to go to the theater to see it. Right. So I'm quite happy to do that. And, you know, yes, there will be occasions, and I have done this before, where I didn't get to finish a movie on the plane because we were landing. And then when I arrived where I was going, I then downloaded the torrent version and finished watching it. Because, again, I don't feel I'm robbing anybody of a, of a sale at that point. No. Maybe that's... Maybe that's self-justification. I don't know. Well, but what I don't do is I don't go out and say, here's a movie. I have no intention ever of paying any money for this, but I want to watch it. Therefore, I will go and pull the torrent yeah. down and watch it. No, Because as far that. as I'm concerned, that's wrong. Yep. That's stealing. There's an app. Uh, as you know, I'm a Com- Comcast customer. And there's an app that they have called uh, Xfinity TV Go. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest, I'm very, very impressed with this app. Because it, it basically you could watch anything on demand on your iPad. That's what this is for. I'm yeah. sure it's for Android too, but I, I'm not going to look right now. Um, it lets you stream the same movies that I could just watch for free on demand on my television. But the nice thing is probably 90% of the movies on here I can actually download and watch on my iPad. So I don't have to be connected. So in your case, if I was going from the UK... To San Francisco, that's what, a seven, eight-hour flight? More? Uh, 11 hours. Okay, 11 hours. I, I figure I'm going to sleep for part of that, but yeah. I could download four or five movies as long as I have the space, and I've got the 128-gigabyte iPod 3, or iPad 3. I could download four or five movies and watch them. Yeah. And it's completely legal to do that. Now, I can't transfer it anyway off of my device, and when I'm done, I delete it and you know I, I free up that space. But I don't have to worry about being connected to a Wi-Fi, getting a crappy experience. And to be honest, it downloads pretty darn fast, too. Yeah. Uh, It does put a time limit. I think you have to watch it within a week after you download it. But in your case, I mean, this is a great solution because you're going to find a lot of movies, just a ton of movies you've never seen and probably do want to see. But maybe you've got a classic older movie that you do want to watch. And boom, that's a perfect way of of downloading and watching it. And is that included with your cable subscription or do you have it to pay is. extra for that? No, that's that's well, that's pretty good. They have services like that for um Sky Satellite here, um, but you have to pay extra for them. You don't get them as part of your subscription. I don't think anyway. Yeah, that sucks. So yeah. Um something I do torrent because I it doesn't hurt anybody is old comic books that I can't buy with any of the apps that are out there right now. Mm-hmm. Um one of the and, and I actually own the original copies too. So again, if I really yeah. wanted to read them, I could go pull them out of my collection and read them. There's no, there's no, there's no sale being lost because no. you already own that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's called Noble Causes. It's a very little known book, 
And I only bring this up because and I was reminded when I turned on my iPad, uh, I was browsing through um, the app, the issues, right? Mm-hmm. And it started as a couple limited series, and then it went to a full series for like 40 episodes before I think it finally got canceled. And as I'm flipping, now these are scans that I downloaded. And yeah. I'm reading them on, uh, what is this app? Comic Zeal. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the entire magazine minus ads even the letter pages are in here and as i was flipping through and this episode or this uh, issue is from 2005 it's noble causes number seven as i was flipping through to get to the next issue i keep seeing episode the next issue i see tim on the letter page i don't know look there's my name and i stopped and i looked i completely forgot about this but this was an actual letter i wrote to this comic book yes it absolutely is you could torrent wow. this. You could torrent this, or if you find an epi- or an issue, Noble Causes number seven uh, on the letter page. Let's see, it's actually the very first letter, and it's a good six or seven paragraphs. And I just saw my name, and I stopped. It didn't say Tim Robertson. It just said Tim. So that's how you know narcissistic I am. Oh look, there's my name. <laughs> but and I just glanced up a little bit. And I see where it says, uh, blah, blah, blah. I was entertained enough to tell Steve, owner of Discount Hobby here in Battle Creek. And I went, holy crap, that's me. I wrote that letter. <laughs> I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do that later tonight. But Do you remember Do you remember uh, reading the letter when it was published the first time around? No, I don't. No? No, I never. I, I didn't usually bother with letter pages. Even back then, I just, yeah, I don't care. But I remember I really enjoyed this comic, and it was totally different than anything. It was a superhero thing, but it really was about the family and the relationship of the family. It wasn't really pow, bang, boom stuff at all. That was, the, he hardly, hardly ever showed that. Now, uh, you, you, you remember I mentioned last week that um, Marvel Unlimited subscription I got yep. for 99 cents for a month. Yep. So I've been reading... And this goes to show the power of digital comics. I've been reading every back issue of Deadpool. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of Deadpool, um, but I've never—I've only occasionally dipped into it. I'm never really, and I'm not—I don't really buy comics. I've no, I, it was different over here. Um, we didn't really have the comic book stores. Comic uh, book stores suck. Well, yeah, but we didn't. The point is, there was when I was growing up, you could buy the kind of the English comics, but you right. couldn't really buy the Marvel books and that sort of thing so easily. So uh, I kind of always liked Deadpool the character, but I never read a lot of the books. So I, I basically have gone back and I'm reading everything from the beginning, and I'm having a blast. Yep. And and I, the point is, I never would have had the opportunity to do that if it hadn't been for a this service and the fact that it's so easy to read comics on the iPad. And uh, you know, it to me it really shows how um, technology is. Yeah, technology is democratizing that industry. Mm-hmm. And I read something online this week that apparently, when digital comics first started, everyone at the comic cons was terrified that it was going to um, that it was going to it was going to drive you know print comics the edge. Apparently, print comics have never been doing better, and they think that digital comics is part of the reason for that. I and could see that. Better, but that's only because, and I mentioned this is. You can't get the first runs immediately for a lot of them digitally. You still have to go buy the physical copies. But I, honestly, admit, the, the I, future yeah. isn't the the printed comic. It's going to be the digital comic. Yeah. And people say, "Well, that's well, that's that's bad for the industry." No, because if you charge even twenty five percent less than you do for the printed copy, you're still profiting 
a ton more because you don't have any of the printing, warehousing, shipping, less people on staff to do all those things. You can make yeah. better comics. You can release them digitally when you want, charge what you want, and you get to keep more of the money. And yeah, I, I'm I, sorry yeah. that this is going to put some businesses out of business. I, I'm, I apologize for that. I'm sorry that my opinion uh, means that your business is going to go away. Comic book shop owners is what I'm looking at here and diamond uh, distributors. But, but, but even the comic book shops are saying that their business is up. They're not right now, dying. right now. Yeah. But if they truly go digital... If it, if it goes completely I, I wonder when we'll get the first digital-only comic. I, I think I mentioned that last week. Oh, I'm I sure it's already myself, happened a number of times. I did find myself wondering, though. Um, I didn't realize until I started looking through these Deadpool back issues that, that those books only came out once a month. Yep. I, I'd always assume they were, like, weekly. No. <laughs> I don't know. And I wonder if, if you when you go to an all-digital book... Do you think they'd be able to increase the frequency of, no, of issues? No, not really. No? Here's why. Because it's not the writer, it's the artist. And yeah. artists can generally do about two pages a day at the most. And uh, that's about the average. And, you know, if a comic book is 22 pages... Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you're, that's... You're, you're not really going to... Uh, unless the guy never does anything but draw comics. And... You know, for comic books, half of it is about the visual. You know, terrible writing, great visuals, it's not a good book. Um, good writing, terrible visuals, is that what I said the first time? It works both ways. If you've got a great story but terrible visuals, it's not going to sell. If you've got, you know, great visuals but the story sucks, it's not going to sell. So you got to have both. Yeah. And consistency Unless, is very yeah. key. Unless you're in a kind of an anthology book. I used to I used to read... Uh, have you ever heard of 2000 AD? Of course. It, where, yeah, where Judge Dredd yep. used to be. So I used to get 2000 AD when I was a kid. And they would have... Uh, if you look at... Just looking at... They had a, they probably had about five or six, seven maybe different strands of stories every... And that was a weekly comic. Right. Every week. So they would have... There'd be a Judge Dredd story and then there'd be a couple of other Longo series, Strontium Dog, that sort of thing. So because of that, and to, to keep that kind of level up, they would have different artists doing Judge Dredd. It wasn't always the same team. No, so but you it was have, very similar. There was a style. Well, no, actually, some you used to get somewhere the, the art was really kind of out of kilter <laughs> with the kind of what everyone thought Judge yep. Dredd looked like. And it was really, I mean, it looked like a 12-year-old that did it, you know, and it really was kind of jarring. And you could tell that they had kind of an A-team who did the, you know, the cover issue type ones because Judge Dredd wasn't on the cover every week. Right. Um, and, and when they had a kind of a big one, well, some of the big famous Judge Dredd stories, that was obviously the A-team. And, and those ones looked like kind of everyone expected Judge Dredd to look and the world he lived in. But every now and again, you get these ones where it, it was it was it was kind of like, you know, they got the intern to draw it for a few weeks, <laughs> you know, but th but the stories were normally still pretty good. But it did suffer for the visuals. Yep. So as far as digital only, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I do think it's long term bad for the comic book stores independent stores out there it's bad for diamond distributor the biggest distributor of comic books out there for us the reader it's the way to go i don't want a huge collection of comic books in my basement i know there's collectors and that's what they want i'm not one of them you and know that's not going away anytime soon but and, and tomorrow i'm taking a trip down to london with my wife that's two and a half hours on the train i'm gonna get through some deadpool there's yeah. no way there's no way she would let me sit on the train with a pile of Deadpool comics no, in front of me. Not gonna happen. <laughs> so we are running over an hour at this point, David. But there is one more topic I do want to hit on before we yep. wrap up. Um, 
and we're going to kind of the video game world for this, uh, but it does kind of stretch beyond just video games. EA has a subscription service they're launching for the Xbox One called EA Access. The service is launching to select users in beta today, which was a couple days ago, uh, with a starting price of five bucks a month or 30 bucks a year. Uh, the company says EA Access will launch for everyone on Xbox One soon. Yeah. Paying for the subscription will get you access to what EA calls its vault, a collection of games you'll have unlimited access to as long as you're subscribed. During the beta, the uh, that will include a sampling of four titles, uh, FIFA 14, Madden 25, Peggle 2, and Battlefield 4. Uh, although the company says more games will be added soon. I'm kind of okay. curious on what, you know, we've been harsh on EA. They've yep. done some good things. They've done some more bad things recently. And they're always trying to reach into your pocket for another nickel. <laughs> and I'm, I'm of two minds here. This seems a little... I, I got to continuously pay this ransom to play play these games, but I already do that. I'm already an Xbox Gold member, and I get free games with that. But if I stop my Gold membership, I lose access to those games. Exactly the same thing with the PlayStation Plus. If if I stop yeah. being a member, I can't play the games that I downloaded for Plus. So yeah, it's benefits with membership. And if you don't, if you're not a member, you don't get the benefits. I don't see anything different with what EA is doing, as long as. What they're offering, and I and I have to assume that they're going to be pretty good offerings because no one's going to buy it otherwise. As long as what they're offering is worth the money, thirty bucks a year is that what I said? Thirty? Yeah, thirty, 30 yeah. bucks a year is nothing. It's just nothing. Well, not compared to the price of a of a game, right? No. However, <laughs> um, I look at this and and I was fairly negative for for a number of reasons. First of all, this is EA. I find it hard to believe that what they call its vault, their vault, will be full of AAA titles. I don't believe they're gonna they're gonna uh, kill the goose that lays the golden egg. I think it will be full of all the old old rubbish stuff. The problem is the Xbox One's only been out for eight months, so they don't have a great back library. If they did this for the Xbox 360. It would be more interesting um, because obviously there's a huge back catalogue. They could populate it with loads of great AAA titles from the past without hurting today's bottom line. Um, I can't see them putting decent games in this. I really can't. And, you know, uh, at the moment, okay, it's in beta. They've got four games which kind of have a broad sp I mean, for me personally, there's only one game in there I'd probably want to pay, play, maybe two. Um I don't see it becoming much more than four games for some time, and I think this is going to fall on its ass. Because mm. this is it's EA. Yeah. What? Why would you? I mean, if you, you if get a you reputation was, for a reason. Well, not only that, but if you if you're selling AAA titles, and we know that all the games companies kind of hate the game stocks, they hate the reselling of old games. So if you're trying to combat the reselling of old games this might be one thing to do. But you know what? They're going to be, as soon as this they put this forward, they're going to look at the numbers. I'm sure some suit around the table in the boardroom is going to say, well, well, hang on a minute. Maybe uh, maybe our release of, uh, of Battlefield 17 will be negatively affected by the fact that people might play Battlefield 12 and not buy Battlefield 17. So we can't put, put that game in there. And before you know it, the... Uh, the uh, vault is going to be a graveyard for all the games that no nobody wants to play. <laughs> you 
you know. Proof's going to be uh, in the pudding. Uh, You know, I'm not going to subscribe to this because I don't have an Xbox One right now. I just kind of hope that more game developers don't go this way because how many game developers are there that has a big enough library to do this? Probably half dozen at least. Even subscribing to three of them is over a hundred bucks more a year, plus your gold membership, plus the cost of entry, plus how much new games cost. Uh, you know, I don't know. Wouldn't they? Know. Wouldn't they be better going to Microsoft and saying, you know, you have that Xbox Gold program. We'd like our games in that. Here's the titles we want to offer you. Here's what we're prepared to pay, or here's what, and we'd like a cut of the ongoing revenue. Uh, wouldn't it be better doing that? And I believe they tried to do that. They spoke to Sony about this. Yeah, I don't know Sony, why they did Sony, it. So, well, apparently Sony turned around and said, we're not interested in this. We don't think this is any good. We have our own service, PlayStation Plus, and we think that's perfectly good for our users, uh, and you can't do this on the PlayStation. So, And I think that's probably <laughs> PlayStation, or Sony anyways, looking out for the gamers. Not kind of nickel so. and diming, diming them to death. Yeah, and also I think... So talking about not killing the golden goose, Sony recognizes that the uh, PlayStation 4 is their ticket out of their financial woes. Yeah, it actually made money in the last yeah, quarter. Yeah, absolutely. And, and given given how recently it's been launched, I think that's quite that's quite an amazing. I was quite I, I was quite amazed by that statistic. Yeah, it took them over two years for to make any money off the PlayStation 3. It took them less than six months to start making money off the PlayStation 4. Yeah, so. and I, I I read that and I thought, you know what? Microsoft gifted them that. <laughs> you know, Nintendo ruled the last generation as far as actual unit sales, but as far as people playing games and where most of the money was made on third-party titles, and as an industry as a whole, it was all about Xbox 360. The one before that was all about the PS2. It kicked everyone's butt. You know, I think that Sony got a little arrogant with the PS3. They seemed to learn their lesson, and they're doing it right with the PS4. And, you know... I'm going back to work here, David, so I'm going to spend a little bit of money, and I think the first thing I'm going to buy of any significance that's not geared towards the house (laughs) and bills is going to be a PS4. That's what I want to buy myself because I'm excited to play that PlayStation. I'm excited to uh, play some of the games that's already out there, and I'll be honest, there's nothing on the Xbox One that even I'm mildly curious to play right now. Yeah. But there's two titles right now on the PS4 that I just want to play. So, look, they're going to get me as a customer. I, I own a PS1, 2, and 3. They're very good systems. I own all the Microsoft systems. And this generation, I already do own the Wii U, but I hardly ever play it because there's just not very many titles on it. But I'm more excited for the PS4 than any of the other systems right now. It just it seems very, very gamer-friendly, if you will. And that's important nowadays. Yep. So we need to wrap up this episode. Uh, I do apologize for it going long to uh, my wife, who's uh, waiting to come in the house with the kids. <laughs> and, uh, but I do appreciate you sticking around a little extra this week to, to get this episode out the door, David. No, it was great fun. Let's, Always is. Let, let's not use iCloud again. Yeah, I will uh, do some work on that this week, and we'll get something else going. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.